Hello world, I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. So do you think that you've surrendered yet in your Christian walk? You know, giving power over our lives to some other human being would be, well, that'd be intimidating and scary. But that's not the case when it comes to God. Unconditional surrender to him is joyous. But to do so, you've got to do a couple of things. Yield yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. One way of identifying with the Lord is by surrendering all that we have and all that we are. You know, as we decrease, then Jesus increases in our life. And the first place surrender must occur is in our mind, in our attitude. Then we live it out in obedient action. Just follow up. And then place no limit on what you're willing to do or become. This means that we have no restricted areas in our life where Jesus is not invited. Also, nothing is set aside for our exclusive use either. We make ourselves totally available to God's will today, whatever that is. And then transfer ownership of your body, soul, and spirit to Jesus Christ. By doing so, we embrace the principle of the Beatitudes and the hierarchy of the kingdom of God, Matthew 5, 3 through 12, and Mark 9, 35. Giving up control of your life can feel scary, but when we put it fully in God's hands, only good can result there. What's keeping you from abandoning self to the Lord Jesus Christ? Think about it today. What in the world is going on? There is growing, and I mean growing, evidence that violence by police officers themselves triggered the crowd of protesters, some of whom later turned into rioters during that infamous confrontation at the Capitol, January the 6th, 2021. There are those events the Democrats continue to claim were an actual insurrection, a plot to take over the government of the United States, its operation, its military, and install all new leaders as an insurrection is defined, of course. You believe that, don't you? They make those claims in their lawfare campaigns to try to prevent Donald Trump from running for president again, a race that so far he leads by huge numbers. To cover up the officer's violence, according to the key January 6th investigative reporter Julie Kelly, police created the storyline that Officer Brian Sicknick died as a result of that riot. Personally, the insurrection claim got to be one of the biggest lies with the most serious repercussions ever. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas asked FBI Assistant Director Jill Sanborn whether federal agents instigated or contributed to violence at the Capitol on January the 6th. She refused to confirm or deny, not once, but bunches of times. The media reported that Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was killed by a crowd on January the 6th. He was not. He had a stroke days later and died of natural causes. Former Capitol Police Chief Steve Sun told Tucker Carlson a recent interview that his request for additional National Guard protection were denied, both in advance of January the 6th and even when the crowds were converging. Why? Was all of this to create a narrative of an insurrection, one that would later be used to impeach Donald Trump an unprecedented second time? The police were desperate to cover up their own brutality that day, and so they launched the Sicknick death claim. A fabricated story, a story that was intentionally planted to cover up the deaths of four Trump supporters that day. 
Oh, it's a mess. But it is the new America, a flood of evil. Don't you just love politics? Some of America's big spenders, wealthiest business leaders in the land are throwing their weight behind former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary. But money might not help Haley much to catch up to Donald Trump, who still dominates the field and raised the most cash the last quarter. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is the latest exec to publicly plant a flag in the Haley campground just a day after she bagged an endorsement from billionaire Charles Koch's political network. The biggies, the money people getting behind Haley. Why is that? GOP megadonors are increasingly writing checks for Haley or seriously thinking about that because they consider her policies more rational than Trump's and uh, very good for business, Haley. Recent polling also shows Haley beating Joe Biden by a margin twice as large as those projected for matchups with Trump or DeSantis. Well, that's interesting, but they say it probably won't change much. Now, Trump's going to continue to climb. A pro-life progressive activist who launched a protest campaign over President Biden's stance on abortion says she's planning to call out pro-choice members of her party with a gruesome new ad. I chose to run for president for the purpose of running these ads, says Teresi, Teresi Bukovenek. I had a life-changing experience. I really did. In March of 2022, I recovered the remains of 115 aborted babies, and five of them were past the age of viability. They were just thrown into a box labeled medical waste, and we're headed for an incinerator in Baltimore. Disrupting that delivery of those fetal remains to the incinerator has rocked my world forever. There's just no coming back from something like that. Well, amen, and that's true. That should be the position of any normal human being. A Republican senator and the Yale School of Public Health dean recently sparred on gun crime. And one expert told Fox News it was an example of how the left frames data in a way that misleadingly makes it seem like Republican-controlled areas are the most plagued by crime in America. Why do you think that Chicago has become America's largest outdoor shooting range? The question, Louisiana GOP Senator John Kennedy asking Dr. Megan Rainey of Yale School of Public Health. Rainey responded by comparing Chicago to three red states and claiming Mississippi— and his state of Louisiana and Missouri actually have higher firearm deaths. What about Chicago, I ask? I think there's easy access to firearms combined with environmental conditions and a lack of great education. There have actually been studies that when you green vacant lots and repair abandoned buildings in urban neighborhoods, you see decreases in gunshots and violence, as well as stress and depression in the neighborhoods around them. No uh, disrespect here, Doc, he said, but that sounds like a word salad to me. The exchange generated backlash on social media from conservatives who pointed out that gun homicides in Chicago is much higher than those states per 100,000 people. Additionally, some took issue with Rainey's seemingly random selection of three red states while pointing out crime stats are most useful at the local level where crime is handled. Oh, these people, the left-leaning loonies. 
on a sidebar here, did you see the the network where the gal is just walking down the street, daylight, suitcase in tow, and four guys with AR-15s and everything else under the sun strip this woman of everything of any value and uh, jump in the car and drive off? And that's standard operating procedure in Chicago now. Oh, my. I used to love to go to Chicago and Michigan No way, Jose. What a mess in Chicago. Everything's fine there, huh? Well, yesterday we shared with you two queers leaving Florida for California where things are better. But a woman told the Los Angeles Times that violent homeless people and the COVID-19 restrictions made her flee California going to Florida. One of the many stories of Americans relocating recently. The L.A. Times interviewed a variety of people from both Florida and California who have swapped states in recent years, ranging from economics to cultural reasons. Boy, California would be one of the last places I'd want to go. How about you? The California news outlet reported that Christy Miller, a 40-year-old attorney, moved to Florida after decades in California, driven out, she said, by financial pressure, homelessness, and a deep frustration with California's COVID-19 restrictions. Well, it seems Target hasn't learned yet. They haven't shown any indication it's going to tone down its Pride Month displays coming up in 2024, according to Consumers Research. Given their insistence on continuing to sell products with LGBT queer-themed propaganda aimed at children, I would be surprised to see Target ignore all the feedback that they got from consumers this past year. They must be. The recent news that Target has released a line of LGBTQ-themed Christmas products and apparel is more of the same from their CEO. It's an unfortunate thing that they haven't learned their lesson. The market has clearly punished them if you look at their stock prices and their sales, and yet they don't seem to be learning anything. No lessons in life here. Unlike many other companies that have toned down the woke politics in their stores, including their Competitor Walmart, Target said straight ahead. Uh-huh. Very familiar day for those of you older in our audience. Henry Kissinger, the German-born American diplomat, academic, and presidential advisor who served as Secretary of State for two presidents, that would be Nixon and Ford, and left his stamp on U.S. foreign policy for decades. He died yesterday at the age of 100. Well, when Elon Musk announced last May that he was naming Linda Yaccarino the CEO of his company, that will always be called Twitter, few people outside of the media business had any idea who this woman was. And by now, a few months later, the former head of advertising for NBC Universal has become a lightning rod for rage arising from all of Musk's erratic, impulsive, and in many cases, repulsive behavior even as he has made it all but impossible for her to do her job, fulfilling the mission of making Twitter an alluring place for advertisers to come. Yesterday, oh, Musk said some really nasty words towards some <laughs> advertisers. Oh, it'd give me nightmares to be around that guy. How about you? Through it all, this woman has generally presented herself as oblivious to his conduct and the impact that it's having on this company that she kind of leads. Uh, behavior so maddening that uh, she's been dragged on 
the very platform she supposedly runs. That would be horrible. What else is happening? The UAW hit the gas yesterday on a brand new campaign to organize 13, count them, 13 non-unionized car companies, including Tesla and Toyota. I wonder how they'll do. London's black cabs will soon be available for hailing via Uber as that company continues to make deals to bring traditional taxis into its fold. The U.S. saw a record number of deaths by suicide in 2022, although the suicide rates among children and teens went down. Rockefeller Center lit their big tree yesterday. That's a big deal for some reason. Let's hope this one is a little hardier than the national tree that Joey put up at the White House, which fell over on Tuesday. And we said yesterday that's pretty much a picture of his administration. So, have you ever been a drinker? I used to get so sick. I was very close, I think, to being an alcoholic. Heading into the party season, which is now, partaking of too many holiday drinks can leave you with an unwelcome hangover and can also wreak havoc in your gut, they say. In addition to being a significant contributor to weight gain due to high calorie density, alcohol can also reduce our ability to fight infections and increase the risk of developing diseases, food intolerances, and sensitivities, all a result of poor gut health. I thank the Lord he delivered me from all of that, not a drop, in almost 50 years. Food news from Kroger. Shoppers there who enjoyed the convenience of picking up some groceries, get a hot meal in one place, going to be disappointed to learn that Kitchen United has closed all of its food halls inside Kroger stores. Kitchen United, a company that operates ghost kitchens, confirmed the closures. It plans to focus on its software business. Kroger is confirmed but did not provide any additional reasons. Even right here in the great state of Indiana, the sudden shutdown is surprising considering that Kitchen United raised $100 million from its investors, including a big portion from Kroger last year. Here's one that just made me think, how much money do you earn today? Maybe you're on Social Security, maybe you have a job, maybe you're the CEO. Frank Wright used to coach our Indianapolis Colts here. Did it for, what, four years, I think, and then he uh, got fired. And then uh, down there in the Carolinas, the Panthers, they took him on and signed him to a four-year contract. And in the last 45 years, he's had the shortest tenure of any NFL coach. He lasted 11 games. They're 1-10. and 10. But here's the interesting part. They have to fulfill his contract anyway. Sure they do. And so for the next three years, Frank Wright does not have to do a thing. And seven days a week, he will earn $25,000 a day. Now that's... That's a job <laughs> I could get used to. Oh, my goodness. Yep. It's the name of the game. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. I mean, somebody's got to work here. Well, you've been under attack recently, been under any pressure, getting discouraged. Oh, those are all good signs. The enemy, he's after you, my friend. Sure he is. He never gives up. You may win one here and there. Oh, he's coming back with more troops. 
We discussed that in our new book, The Invisible War on the Saints, and and uh, I'm kind of there. The school got after me yesterday. I was late because my grandson wouldn't get around. I was late getting him to school yesterday. They wanted a full explanation what happened. And I wanted to say, you know what? <laughs> I do a radio program, takes four or five hours a day. I pastor a church. I counsel. I'm writing books. I'm running a household. I'm chief cook and bottle washer. I'm old. <laughs> I'm sick. Just look at me. I know. I was violating my 11th commandment, thou shall not whine, and I was ready to fully launch into a good old plum party. Poor little old me. We all do that now and then, but again, Count it worthy, my friend, whatever is going on in your life. Are you right with God today? Okay. The enemy's going to come after you. I mean, if you're in trouble because you're in sin, that's another story, but just take it to the bank. Yep. Those of us that have been around a while, you're serving Jesus. The enemy is not happy. So how is your heart? That's the thing God's looking for. We talked yesterday about what made David special. It was his heart mm -hmm. after God, and the principles never changed. All great men and women of God had great hearts that permitted God's grace to somehow flow through them and then bring blessings to others. Is that you? This truth was well understood by God's man, David. He was a young man whom God elevated to the throne, and before he died, David charged his son Solomon, and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. That's it. As a mind thinketh, that's what it is. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind those thoughts. Wow. First Chronicles 28, 9. It is what God sees behind the facade and outward behavior that determines the extent of his blessing in your life. So David wanted his son to pay very careful attention to the heart. In the New Testament, we read how Jesus, through the outward shows of religion, and affirmed the importance of a right heart when he condemned the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. You're the ones. You do it. Justify yourselves in the eyes of men. But God knows your heart. Luke 16, 15. Jesus always looked to the heart, and there he found the real person. What would Jesus find if he looked at your heart today? Oh, he is, but... I mean, specifically, we're going for you. Christianity, the thing that we say we have this Christian walk, is by necessity a religion of heart because only out of the heart comes the wellsprings of life, if Proverbs 4.23 is correct. God calls people to turn to him with their whole hearts. Salvation is received when we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 10.9. When Scripture bids us to pray, it asks us to, what, just pour out your soul, your heart to the Lord, Psalm 62, 8. So much of today's preaching gives an overwhelming emphasis on works and different external forms of worship, but a real spiritual revival begins right there in your chest, in that heart. Notice the kind of heart to which God is drawn as seen in Samuel's words as he spoke to King Saul. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and appointed him leader of the people, 1 Samuel 13, 14. God's search for a king ended 
when he found obscure David and a very special heart. What does that mean to have a, a special heart? How do you have a heart after God? Got to be one of the most important subjects for us to ever consider in our Christian walk because it speaks to who we really are and to what extent God can use you for his glory. I mean, a heart that's out of tune, out of sync with God's heart will produce a life of spiritual barrenness and so many missed opportunities. But as we ask the Lord to bring our hearts into harmony with the submission to his heart, you're going to find the secret of his blessings that has remained the same throughout all generations. And that's pretty exciting. You know, the truth is, no matter how deep our sin is in our lives, and no matter how far that you've gotten away from God and your heart's gone cold, there's still hope if we just listen to what God is saying. It's when we get so full of ourselves and too busy to stop, and we're very busy today. Everybody, I think, listening to this program would admit that we are too busy today. We need to stop and listen. And when we do that, we stop this process of cutting ourselves off from the true friend who can help us in every area. Our shallowness, our self-centeredness make us deaf to the words of God that would bring healing and, and build your spiritual walk. Even when God sends family members and friends to warn and correct us, our pride, oh, one of the worst things we talk about in our demonic message, our pride often makes us incapable of even receiving any help. I thought you were my friend. How could you say that to me? That's an immature reaction that shows we have completely missed what God wants to do in our lives. This is good. The divine message that Isaiah spoke thousands of years ago applies at all times to all people. Good in closing today. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Isaiah 55, verse 2 and 3. The key to a blessed life is having a listening heart that longs to know what God is thinking. Now think for a moment about the lack of blessings and the increasing hardness of the heart in so many lives of Christians across America. This emptiness comes primarily from not listening to God. And then consider, too, the countless discouraged pastors who are engrossed in every new fad and formula that comes down the line, but who spend little time waiting on God, waiting to hear the Holy Spirit's directive. God is a speaking, communicating God, but someone has to be on the other end listening. Is that someone you today, my friend? And here's another possibility. Maybe you're trying to live the Christian life and uh, you're not a Christian. Think about it. When? Could you tell me when you trusted Christ as Savior? I mean, I've gone down to almost the exact minute back there, 1973, going to that uh, New Year's Eve party at Acton Road Baptist Church. Oh, yes. What a time. The start of an exciting new adventure with Christ in charge of my life rather than me. You need to do that. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This would be a great day to turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do it. And raising six children and all these grandchildren and great-grandchildren, this sounds familiar. 
Teenager brings a new boyfriend home to meet mom and dad. They're appalled. His hair, his tattoos, his piercing. Mom later says, boy, he just, he doesn't seem like a very nice boy, honey. Oh, please, mom, says the daughter. If he wasn't nice, would he be doing 500 hours of community service? <laughs> That's it. Had to say for another day. Join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is. Thursday, November the 30th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless you. Have yourself one wonderful Thursday.